0: Read with me in Hebrews chapter 12. That's what we're going to be reading from this morning. We're going to study these verses out here. And Palm Beach, we've been we've been doing this year, we started at the beginning of the year with this app called Read Scripture, and many have followed along, some have followed along reading it, you know, the Bible in a year. So on Sundays, we've preached from every book in the Bible. We've had to squeeze in a few because there's more books in the Bible than there are weeks in the year. But... Every Sunday, we, you know, we've been throwing onto the books. This Sunday is Hebrew, so we all going to be able to study Hebrews, chapter twelve, verse one and three together. It says this: Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is one of those passages that for me, in my Christian life, I continually go back to, right? John 1, John 15, Romans 8, Romans 12, and Hebrews 12. These are passages, Colossians 3, that as I've matured in Christ and I continue in this race towards Christ, this this transformation that the Spirit is doing in me and in you. This is one of those passages that I continually go back to. You know, because it reminds us, you know, and it starts off in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, and whenever you see that word, therefore, you want to know what it's there for, right? You want to know, like, what's he referring to? Well, he's referring to Hebrews, what we read in Hebrews 11. So if you have your Bibles, look what it says at the end of Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, you have all these, I would say, heroes of the faith, right, that come, that came before us, and all that they did, and all that they gave up, and all that they sacrificed, it's men and women of great faith. And it goes through a list of them in Hebrews chapter 11. And then it says in verse 39 of Hebrews 11, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. In other words, they died before Christ, but when Christ resurrected All those faithful of God, they too were brought in into Christ. So we have this picture of those in Christ. Some are on the other side of paradise, and the rest of us are on this side of paradise. All in Christ. And so he says in Hebrews 12, hey, let's remember, since we have this great cloud of witnesses, And I don't know how you picture that. But I picture this great cloud of witnesses, those men and women that have come before us and are now on the other side of paradise just cheering us on. See, they're already there. I mean, you think there's anybody that's in paradise thinking like, man, I I wish I would have worked a little more. I wish I would have saved a little more. I wish I would have had a nicer car. I wish I would have had a bigger house. You think they're thinking about any of that? I mean, you know, when you walked in, if you walked in and we were already singing, that's an awesome feeling, right? You're, you're walking in, like, great, you know what I mean? <laughs> great are you, Lord, and we're singing this. Look, and, and man, you know, by the time you get to that song, can you imagine like the fourth, fifth song, right? You're, you're, you're stirred up inside. And we're singing about something we haven't seen. How do you think that singing is in paradise right now? Like when they sing, great are you, Lord, (laughs) right? It sounds different because they're seeing it. And Hebrews 12 says, that's what we have. That's the unseen that we have cheering us on. They're not missing anything from this life. You know, in Palm Beach, and again, look, so many stories. If you're in Palm Beach Church, I apologize, because you've heard them many times. And this is one, you know, when we first moved there, when Eileen and I first moved there with the kids, and I I drove around the county, you know, praying over the county and drove around. and, And this one thing struck me, and it continues. I always think about this. In downtown West Palm Beach, when you're driving into downtown on Okeechobee, there's a corner there. It was on the right-hand side of this Jaguar dealership. It looks exactly what you would imagine a Jaguar, a little different than offlease.com dealership, which is also on Okeechobee, different side of West Palm Beach. Right? It's this beautiful place, and it's all glass, right? So you drive up, it's like you can see it, and they got the Jaguars and the Aston Martins and the cars that are so fancy that you don't know the name of. It's like that. I remember driving there, you know, and you stop at the light, and I stopped at this light, and and I'm looking at that, and for a moment, you you look at that, you're like, oh, man, it's probably a different experience than the CarMax lot, you know? (laughs) And I'm looking at that, so I'm praying, then I turn to right, and it's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like God planned this. Right behind that light, right behind that lot right there, the Jaguar, you make a right, and right behind it, there's a cemetery. And as I drive by that cemetery, see, and that cemetery reminds me, you look, I don't know if they drove a Jaguar or a Nissan Sentra. At that point, it doesn't really matter. And regardless of what you drive, enjoy your life. I hope you have a nice car. Enjoy the car. Enjoy the house. But remember that at the end, it all goes back in the box. We all end up there. There. And unlike the Jaguar dealership where people walk in and walk out, nobody's walking out. And so I say that, say like, you know, I I think about what that great cloud of witnesses are in paradise and how they're cheering us on, saying it's worth it. It's worth it. There's nothing greater you're going to experience there. It's all worth it. So with that in mind, It says in verse one, the writer says, so let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I want you to think for a moment what that means to throw something off. And you think about that. It doesn't mean put it to the side. Right? Colossians 3, it says, put to death whatever belongs to your sinful nature, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Throw off. Again, throw it off is not you put it to the side to come back to it. You're throwing it off. You're throwing it away. And he says, the sin... And that, that hinders, you know, the sin that entangles. Sin, you know, when you're when you're younger in the in the faith, right? It's you're not even concerned really what's hindering you because it's all just sin that's entangling you, right? And when you start in this race towards Christ, in our pursuit of Christ, is that you know the sin is just entangling us, and you're and you're starting to live this life with the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit. And the sin, a lot of times it's easy to see, right? Because you've seen it before. It looks familiar. And we can read it in the scriptures, and so it's easy to pick up on. It's easier to pick up on. You know, Galatians 5.19 says, man, it's obvious when you're living according to the flesh, right, like the, the sin can be very obvious. Then as you mature, it says, it's not just the sin that entangles you, he says, but you gotta throw off everything that hinders you. So it's not just a sin, it's whatever's a hindrance to where you're going. Now, where are we going? Where is this, you know, it says wrong with perseverance, this race marked out for us. And the race, you know, when I think about this race, okay, I, to me, I'm not just things like a race towards heaven. I mean, we're saved in Christ. We're saved. Right? Eternity starts the moment you're baptized into Christ. But on this side of paradise, there's this pursuit that should be happening if you're a Christian. This pursuit of Christ. Right? This and by pursuit, you know when you're pursuing something, you're pursuing something in the hopes of getting there. And we are pursuing Christ. We're trying to be like Christ. And the Spirit is given to us to transform us from the inside out. So the Spirit is forming Christ in us. And with the power of the Spirit, we are pursuing Christ to be like him. And so he says, "Throw whatever gets in the way of that pursuit, throw it off. But well, before we know what gets in the way, we got to remember what the goal is, right? The goal is Jesus. You know, when, when Jesus first called his disciples to follow him, he says, you know, follow me. You know, what did that mean? Well, I mean, follow him, like literally. Yeah, follow me, why? So they could get to see him and therefore be like him. Like the goal wasn't just to kind of follow Jesus around. Oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. I just follow him around. I don't do anything he does. I just follow him around. That's not the point of following Jesus. It was to follow him, to get to know him, to understand him, as Tony was talking about at the beginning, to then be like him. That's still what a Christian is supposed to be. Christian is about Christ. I know we're heading to December and we had that phrase, some of you hear me say it all the time. Every time around this time of year, you know, the, don't take Christ out of Christmas. Look, my concern is we take Christ out of Christian. That's my biggest concern. And, and being a Christian becomes about, you know, when somebody tells you, just think about this, right? You meet somebody and they tell you, "I'm a Christian." And you not to say it out loud, right? Just, I'm a Christian. What's usually, man? Usually, the first question we ask. Oh, I'm a Christian. Where do you go to church? As if that defines who a Christian is. But think about how many times, oh, where do you go to church? Instead of asking, what are you working on as a Christian? What are you studying right now in the Bible? What's the Spirit teaching you that you can share with me? Like those are the things that should define us. It is how much do I look like Christ not can I sing about Christ how many of those songs that we sang here do I know do I know the order of things I know I got to sit down now even if they don't say sit for the communion I've been here long enough that's not what shows what we're Christians how much of Christ is formed in me and so, as we are in this pursuit, okay, so this is the race, and we all have a different race marked out for us because, you know, what's gonna take for me to get to be like Christ and what it'll take for you to be like Christ, it's, it's a different race, right? we're all coming from different angles and different sins and, and lifestyles. So, it's a different race, but the goal is Christ. And so, if we can remember that, then what, what's hindering me? Whatever does not look like Jesus. And as you mature, I was baptized in 1990 here in my well, in FIU. So, yes, I am originally born and raised in Miami. Thank you. <laughs> not just physically, but spiritually. Baptized at FIU, again, 1990 was a long time ago, I know. And. Went to Puerto Rico, my wife there. We've been married now since 96, and um been part of the South Florida church staff since 99. So it's been it's, it's been a little bit, right? It's been a while. And in this walk with God, you know, as we mature and as we walk with the Spirit, the things that hinder us, they get deeper and deeper. At least they should i should be working on the same things i was working on 30 uh (laughs) i got to the math real quick over 30 years all right (laughs) sorry you think it's easy right 1990 2023 but still (laughs) over 30 years right like it shouldn't be the same thing like the things that hinder me because the closer i get to christ man there's still a long way way to go right and the Spirit is constantly revealing the things, you know, there's Jesus, here am I. Okay, what's, what's hindering me now? And, and I know for me, look, and, and again, the older you get or the more mature you, the older you get, the older you get, walking with the Spirit, this man, the things that hinder you get deeper and deeper, don't they? I know in 2020, you know, we all had experiences in 2020. You know, when life just stopped and you couldn't just be busy, we had to stop and see where am I at in comparison to Jesus, as far as my character, the way I think, the way I feel. And probably like, you know, some of you guys, a lot of stuff, just, man, the, the I, and it's not that God wasn't revealing these things, I wasn't giving him a chance to reveal these things. I realized one of the things that had been hindering me for a long time was just my my emotional immaturity. I had not been really growing emotionally. And, you know, I'm not talking just 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022. Just seeing, you know, when we take the communion, I think about Jesus in Gethsemane and how he tells the disciples I'm feeling sorrowful, I'm feeling troubled, stay here and, and, and pray with me." And, and as I reflected on that, I, I think, man, I, that's, I'm not like that. Usually I'm, I'll just be like, hey, I'm okay, I'm doing all right. Not really be attentive to what am I feeling, how do I express what I'm feeling. See, and I realized, man, that's not like Jesus. See, that's a hindrance. And when you throw, and does it mean to throw it off? It means you throw it off. In my case, it means I'm going to start reading on this. I'm going to start listening to podcasts. I'm going to talk to my wife about this, who's much more emotionally mature than I am, so she can help me through this. I'm going to get with a therapist. I'm going to deal with this because it is a hindrance between me and being like Jesus. And look, and here's the thing, even once you... You know, you you see, okay, there's some growth there. There's always something else, right? That's part of the fun. That's what the race is all about. What's hindering you? And then it says, throw off everything that hinders and let us run with perseverance this race that's marked out for us, this race to be like Christ, says, and it's going to take perseverance. So here's the thing is, what's the Spirit doing inside of us? The Spirit is trying to, again, reach our pursuit to be like Christ, right? The moment you said, I believe, I accept Jesus as Lord and we're baptized, you accepted the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit's been doing in you that whole time? Just chipping away, just helping you to be more like Jesus. And how, you know, how does that happen? Well, I I don't know if you've ever seen, you ever see those people doing the ice sculptures? Right? Some of you have, you know, they got a big block of ice and they're there, like in five minutes there's an elephant. You're like, wow, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't see that coming. Well, how how do they get a big block of ice and make it look like an elephant? They chip away everything that doesn't belong to an elephant. That's what they do. If it don't look like an elephant, take it out. You know what the Spirit is doing to help me and you look like Jesus? Right. Chipping away everything that doesn't look like Jesus. See, here's what happens. If we are together in this race and we understand that the goal is being like Christ and we understand that that's what the Spirit is doing, then we're working, you know, I'm taking stuff, I'm I'm untangling the sin, I'm throwing off whatever gets in the way. The Spirit is transforming, the Spirit is chipping away. But if you're not trying to be like Christ, then the Christian life is going to be a very frustrating life. Because the Spirit is doing something that you don't want to do. He's trying to make you into something that you don't want to be. That's why sometimes people leave the faith and they look happier. You know why they're happier? Because the Spirit's not chipping away. Yeah, I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying they're not better off. They're just happier. Because, man, you don't want the Spirit. It's like somebody showing up at your house to go jogging every day at 5 a.m. and you don't like jogging. Right? And every day they're knocking, you're like, you're coming up with excuses of why you can't run that day. I forgot my shoes, my socks are, you know. After a while, it's like, that's not, that's not a happy life. The happy Christian life is when we both, when we can realize, man, the Spirit's trying to help me be closer to Christ. That, brothers and sisters, that's our race. And we got to remember that. And we need to run that race with perseverance. You know, and and why is perseverance so important? You can think about that for a moment. I wish we could, you know. But even if you do, I won't be able to hear you. But think about why is perseverance so important? Well, because for many of us, and if you're here today, you're one of those. The race is not short. Right? So he says it's gonna take perseverance. Because the race to be like Christ, man, that could be a that's a lifetime race. And like most of these races, I'm not a runner. I don't know about you. I don't like running. I think the last time I went jogging was in like '91. We saw those Island Day 5K. Right, some of you guys remember that? It was like a 5K walk. I was in college, and all college kids were like, oh, we should run this. <laughs> and I don't, you know, but what are you going to do? I'm going to walk. It looked like, you know, you got to try to keep up. It was three miles, okay? I know three miles don't sound like a lot. I have not ran three miles since that day or before that day. <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm not, I don't run like out of choice. And you start, and this is just a three-mile race. It's not even that long, right? But you know when you start the race, everybody's together, so you're all excited? Because everybody's together, you're like, eh. Halfway through that race, <laughs> it's hard to keep up. And everybody starts passing you up. I think at that time, Dr. Pam Stearns was pregnant. She passed me up. And you're like, man... There's nobody here. I can't see the end of the race. Right? You know when you got caught in the middle of that, like, people all around you and you can't see. I know some of you guys are like sprinting three miles. You don't know what I mean. But maybe some of you guys know what I mean. I don't see the end. I don't see the people. You got to persevere. Christian life sometimes is not going to be everybody around you just say, hey, you're awesome, you're great. No. So many times, we might not see the end. In fact, every time I see Jesus, I'm like, oh man, there's still more to go. But we got this great cloud of witnesses reminding us it is totally worth it. It is totally worth it. And so we persevere. And the great thing about perseverance, James 1 says this about perseverance. In James chapter 1, verse Verse 5, I should probably come up here. Verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, but we got to let perseverance finish its work. If we give up ahead of time, then we miss out. We miss out. We never get to be mature because we don't persevere. Like, perseverance is not just about, you know, how oh, I persevere because life's so hard. I got to, like, hang on to the end. And the, the Christian life is not meant to be lived that way. It's kind of hanging on. I hope Jesus comes today because if not, I might not be here tomorrow. Like, that's not, we're meant to run this race with perseverance, which means that if I'm running it With perseverance, it means perseverance is helping me grow and be mature. I got the Spirit of God in me, transforming me, shipping away everything that doesn't look like Jesus so I could continue in this pursuit of Christ. Let perseverance finish this work. Always remembering, right? Verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, back in Hebrews 12. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You know, what does it mean to fix your eyes on something? When I think about what, what comes to your mind. He says, do that with Jesus. Fix your eyes doesn't mean it casually just gets there. It means you make a decision. To put your eyes there. Says so we gotta fix our eyes. So that we can remember where we're headed. See, as Christians, if we're in this race, to be the point is to be more like Christ. So I fixed my eyes on Jesus, reminding me here's where I'm going. Too many times, as Christians, and when I'm talking about Christians, I'm not talking about Christians outside of here. I mean, even here in our fellowship. Too many times, Christianity, you know, we live the Christian life kind of like, okay, what are the borders? How far can I go back and still consider myself a Christian? Right, like, if this is Christ, and I'm back here, hey, I'm still, within, I'm still within the lines, right? I'm still in the border. And if someone, you know, tries to challenge me, I'm not a Christian. What do you mean I'm not a Christian? I'm still within these. You know, we set up these boundary lines and we try to live within these lines. That's not pursuing Jesus. That's living within some made-up boundaries. I mean, it's not like how far back can I go and call myself a Christian. I'm supposed to be in this pursuit of Christ. So how does that change? It means that if I'm back here, I'm not saying, okay, I still got plenty of space before I'm not a Christian. No, if I'm back here, I'm looking at Jesus and saying, what's the space between me and Jesus? Not between me and the person behind me. Don't fix your eyes around each other. Says Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. Don't look around. Hey, look, we can all feel better about ourselves if you look around yourself long enough. (laughs) Y'all know what I mean. I can always look around and say, I serve more than that person, I do more than that person, I have less sin than that person, but that's not the point. Not playing some you know survival game here, how far can I go? We're supposed to be pursuing Christ. He says, We got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Now, check this out it says, The pioneer and perfecter of faith, right? Jesus, a perfecter of faith. Notice the next sentence because this is what the perfecter of faith looks like. So, you so you can try to see here's where we're trying, here's what we're pursuing, here's where we're headed towards, right? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's what the perfecter of faith looks like. Says so he's the perfecter of faith. Okay, what does that look like? He says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. means he had this conviction, this faith, this belief that where he was headed was of great joy. What was going to happen on the other end of that resurrection was of great joy. And because he was convinced of that, he endured anything else that happened while he was here. That is the perfecter of faith. That's who we're pursuing. That's who we're called to imitate. So let's continue to fix our eyes on Jesus. And and let me ask before we close out here, you know, to all the teens, I I know, man, when you're teen years... It is, it is challenging. It is challenging. Because there's so much to persevere through. Right, I mean, look, when you're in your teen years, you're still not even, there's all kinds of stuff going on. All right, I mean, we got all, we always got stuff going on. But in your teen years, you got hormone stuff going on. Your brain isn't fully developed. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I want to encourage you. Fix your eyes on Jesus and persevere. And as a family of God, man, let's look to those that are younger and let's encourage them. Let's build them up. Sometimes we can look at teens kind of like side-eyed, you know, like, are these really Christians? Are you really a Christian? Come on. (laughs) Let's not be concerned about that. Let's, Let's help each other. And then as we run this race, in verse 3, they took me literally, like I was ending. Sick. I forgot. See, in Palm Beach, they know I'm ending. They're like, there's still time. We'll close out with this in verse 3. Consider him, it says in verse 3 of chapter, Hebrews chapter 12. You know, as we run this race, we're fixing our eyes and we're, we're persevering. In our pursuit of Christ, throwing off the things, anything that hinders, sin that entangles, anything that gets away, anything that doesn't look like Jesus, the Spirit is just chipping away. I'm throwing it away. And then he says, and throughout this, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So if I am growing weary and losing heart, what's the problem? I'm not considering him. Because let's consider him so you don't grow weary. So I know that when I'm growing weary, man, I'm not considering Jesus. I'm not considering what he endured. There's a song When I think about the Lord, I don't know if you guys know it. When I think about the Lord. Thank you. Somebody help me out here. How he saved me. How he healed me. How he filled me up. You know how he did it? By dying on the cross and resurrecting. That's how he did it. And when I consider that, then I can shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's pray and then we'll sing this last song together. Father, as we uh, fix our eyes continually on you, we know that the world, society, they're always throwing this dark world around us, throwing things in front of us. Help us to continually fix our eyes on Jesus, to consider him, consider what he's done, consider who he is. Help us, Father, to hear the voices of, of those that have come before us, that are cheering us on more than anything else. Father, help us to listen and obey the Holy Spirit, who's just chipping away. Helping us to be who you created us to be, an image bearer of you. In Jesus' name, amen.